So, hey, here we are. Welcome to Jack Kelly LinkedIn Live. Happy and succeeding in the future of work. And I'm excited today to have Bettina Koblick. She's an awesome person. I profiled her in a Forbes piece, got to know her. She's wonderful. And for today, I really want her to share with us because we always see and read about artificial intelligence, robotics, machine learning, and some, you know how the media is. Sometimes they're like, oh my God, you're going to lose your job. Ah! Or, no, don't worry. It's going to create millions of more jobs. Everything is good. So I figured who better than Bettina, who works at a place that deals with, and what, what would you call it, Bettina? Is it not, not AI, not ML? It's more like RPO, what's like? Yeah, we call term? it RPA, but okay. there's a lot of AI and ML involved in it, right? So mm -hmm. it's uh, it, it really does leverage a lot of technologies, but it's really robotic process automation. It's RPA, ML and AI, we can talk about it later, plays into that quite a bit as well. So thanks for having me, Jack. Well, my pleasure. It's great to see you again. And maybe you could talk about, you know, introduce your company and that you specialize in this space. Yeah, so I worked for a company called UiPath. Um, it's a fascinating company that, that was actually born in, uh, in Romania and is, uh, continues to have a very large population there. So just a little interesting tidbit. Um, what we do is uh, we really unlock human achievement and creativity and hopefully wellness um, by automating redundant tasks. And redundant tasks could be anything from processes to very discrete tasks or really complex end-to-end, -end, you know, um, again, processes that would take a lot of time, but really are redundant in the big scheme of things. And um, we use a platform to do that. Uh, we allow citizen developers to build those process or to build those automations. We also allow, um, I shouldn't say allow, we also train a lot of people in doing that. So it's really kind of democratizing this notion of uh, process automation. Yeah, just this morning, um, I was, I wonder if this would fall under the heading or it's too specific so that we've done a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. and it goes somehow what we have to do is we upload it to SoundCloud, which then goes to Spotify and iTunes, what have you. And it takes time because you have to put a title on it. It's not, it's not you know, hard work, but it's just time consuming. Mm -hmm. And my son, Jake, is uh, he finished school. He's home now. He's kind of contracting with a firm, but he helps out. And so we're like, like snapping at each other because like, wait, how come we can't do this? Wait, why this? And, it's, and it would feel if there was some sort of AI that could just capture the title of the podcast, put it on there and then upload it to whatever, it would be so much easier because otherwise the manual work, it's not like heavy lifting, but it's annoying and it takes time. So is that kind of what you're talking about? Like to get rid of those irritating, annoying, got to do it, but they're frustrating. Absolutely. Spot on. By the way, I'll, I'll send you the link to um, uh, some of our stuff that he can download and start playing with. So we could use that. Um, like there's something that could kind of capture and take like the, you know, like for this one, let's say we have the title of it, take it, put it on some, you know, put it on there and, you know, do all these things so we don't have to do it ourselves. Absolutely. It'll take the step-by-step -step processes. Awesome. Now it takes some learning as to how to build those automations. Right. 
Um, but what we do is really um, have built an intuitive way of doing that along with some practice. Those are exactly the kind of things that you can automate. Um, and it's not meant to um, replace meaningful work. It's meant to replace or automate exactly that kind of stuff, yeah. right? The stuff that is he better off thinking about something really interesting or, you know, making all of this happen every time you have a podcast? I don't know. I think it's the former. It's, it's, and that's what, what you, you mentioned this. This is really interesting. I didn't think of it. So that it's not only you offer the tools, but you give the ability for someone, let's say, like myself, to kind of play with it myself and tailor it to, to my needs. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And uh, if I may just take it one step further, I'm going to be shameless a little bit about this here. But one of the things that UiPath does, yeah. and we do a lot of, is actually um, teach big audiences. And we have partnerships with universities, and we have partnerships with um, with organizations that like Girls That Code and things like that, where we teach automation to people that actually then can apply it because it's become such a big, um, it's become such a big need in the workforce. So it also creates jobs for kind of non-traditional paths of coming into the, the workplace, right? This is now a skill that you can apply and actually go to most tech companies or most companies that have this kind of need, I shouldn't say tech companies, most companies that use technology and there will be a component of automation that they will want to use. So you could be losing your son to a, another company in any moment now. <laughs> so would you say, so in other words, there's a lot of needs within companies to help build, market, create, fine tune these AI I guess, can you call them bots too? Like what, what's some of the- We absolutely call them bots. We call yeah. them bots. We name our bots. We have Ricky, Ricky the, the robot, bot. right? We have, yeah. <laughs> we have Orange the chat bot. Aren't you glad you called me bot, <laughs> oh, right? So those are the <laughs> things, right? Um, but absolutely, um, absolutely. And we think of the, a bot uh, a little bit as an, uh, not a little bit, but also as part of the workforce, if you will, right? If you start organizing the work, um, you'll, if you start organizing around the work, you'll realize what is work that truly needs human thinking and human intervention and human judgment. And what is work that is truly repetitive mm -hmm. and um, task oriented. And once you've kind of parsed that out, you can have your bot workforce um, rally around the second while humans are focused on the first. Uh, so it's kind of a, the, the next step in thinking how we design organizations, but I think it's a, it's a really interesting way to think about work, how we organize around it. And then most importantly, how do people um, then invest time in, in ways that are more meaningful to them, right? That are more meaningful, more fulfilling, more inspiring. And so what are some of the examples like that your clients use these Ricky the robot, Athena, Orange You Glad. That's hilarious. Orange You Glad you call. What what are some of the case uses? There are a number of uh, use cases around uh, big end-to-end -end processes. So I'll just I'll I'll give you one for example. Um, in and it this falls into the the human world or the talent world. Um, so in talent selection. 
um, a lot of time, a recruiter will spend a tremendous amount of time looking at data, looking at resumes, looking at inbound leads, if you will. Um, and then they apply judgment to that and say, this is right, that is right, this person is gonna, or this CV is gonna make it to the, you know, the top 10 I'm gonna present to the hiring manager. Um, here are the challenges with that. One, those inbounds come in every day and oftentimes a recruiter will get so many that they wanna put in front of the hiring manager and then the rest go into the ether, if you will. I'm sure some, some are very organized about this. Second thing that happens, it's very time consuming for the recruiter. Third thing that happens is, you know, right or wrong, we all have biases, right? So whether they're, they're known biases or just inherent biases, we read a CV and we apply our biases to that. What a bot can do is actually automate all of that, um, that entire process and on a daily basis, highlight the CVs that should be presented to a hiring manager. So now the recruiter is really investing time in building relationships with that candidate, building relationship with the hiring manager, making those introductions, right? Rather than hours and hours of digging through resumes um, and, and leave a lot of probably good talent not evaluated. So that's just one one, it's quite a complex process, but it creates such a better experience for everyone involved in that entire process. And you hear at times people will um, say, hey, my resume gets lost in these applicant tracking systems. Mm -hmm. You know, the robots are kicking it out, but that's really not the case is what you're saying is that if you have really sophisticated AI that's screening it, they're really honing in because you want to hire somebody, right? It's not like you, your business is not to hire. You, you know, you're involved with talent acquisition. You want to make sure that people, you know, you get the best resumes. So with the AI, and now it's so easy to send over resumes. You know, there's so many job boards, there's so many job aggregators, easy apply. So HR people get inundated. So this way, instead of just a flood that's overwhelming, it can really parse parse it down to find like the best best people that fit the job, right? That's absolutely right. And I think um, we even think about when you build that automation, um, you then also just need to keep an eye on it to make sure it doesn't apply biases. A human builds the bot, right? And if it looks for words that are, I'm getting very specific now, but if it looks for words that are usually associated with, you know, with strengths in men, right? Uh -huh. um, you can start, you can really start looking for that and, and tweak your bots and just really make sure. And I think it's just a beautiful way of, of combining the, 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 the human mind um, in designing the bot in such a way that not only makes the task so much faster and easier, but also um, more fair, if you will, more fair in the process. Um, more even keeled, less prone to being tired or, oh, I just don't want to, you know, I just don't have the time at this point to look at five more. So um, it's very exciting to me. You know, it's interesting. So you raised this, this, you know, issue that's, you know, could be very touchy so that it, it, you could calibrate it to make, well, how can you calibrate it maybe 
to take care of unconscious biases, real biases, you know, unintended biases. Yeah. How, how does that work? I mean, very simple things. I think yeah. you could look for, uh, and, and, and by the way, I'm not a, an RPA developer. I'd like yeah. to say I'm a really great one. I am not. Um, but, uh, you know, really interesting is just not looking for specific words that are really gender associated, right? Or looking for um, degrees where degrees aren't really necessary, right? We shouldn't be cutting off talent um, based on what I think are sometimes artificial or somewhat dated gates, right? So you really look for what the candidate needs to bring rather than our kind of perception of they need what they need to bring. So what our document understanding bots would do are look for those things that are very specific to the job and kind of strip away everything else. Um, and I think that's the way that's the way we intend to look at CVs, but I just think humans have a lot of built in biases, good and bad, right? But I think it's it's fascinating to me to strip those out, at least at the initial stage, right? Um, because otherwise, you're going to lose out on some really good people, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And there probably could also be biases to the people who write the codes. So if they're writing the codes to search, and they have their own, you know, stereotypes in mind, it's not, you know, it's not the technology, it's the person who's writing it that you have to say, wait, wait, what are you doing? What's going yeah. on here? You're not making this fair. And also, is there is there a thing too where there's so many things that you people might not initially think about? Is that, for instance, where somebody lives? You know, you could look at a certain address and say, oh, they live in a nice area, so this probably is a smart person. Let's get this person. Oh, they live in not such a great neighborhood. Hmm, maybe not. It's absolutely true, and, and there's a lot of research out there. Whether it's a person's name, whether it's a person's where they went to school, which clubs they belong to. Um, where they live. Uh, it's fascinating how quickly our brains make judgments. Um, and it's, I'm not accusing, you know, uh, the world out there to be horrible, but we make these instant judgments um, that I think, that I think we're not aware of. And this is one of the ways that RPA can help. Can I give you a real life anecdotal story that relates mm -hmm. to this? I'd this, love it. Yeah. This predates and you can tell by my graying beard, it predates, you know, all this technology. When I graduated from college, I came back home for a while and I lived in this place called Canarsie, Brooklyn, which never became hipster. And I, I've, I'm still salty about this, that all these other places in Brooklyn became really super cool. Canarsie never, it's never did. And because it wasn't close to the train to get into Manhattan uh -huh. and it was a lower socioeconomic area. Mm -hmm. And back then I would either fax a resume or, all right, I'm going to really date myself, put it in an envelope <laughs> and mail it, <laughs> and put a stamp on it, which for younger people, you're like, what are you talking about? I don't get this. I don't understand. What is this envelope mm -hmm. you're talking about in stamp, Jack? I've never heard this before. And then I'd call with a rotary dial to even show how old I am. And I would send it in and, and I didn't get responses, right? Then I got a PO box. You know how they had mailboxes, et cetera, back then? Now I get, yeah. then it was Kinko's or whatever. So I, I thought, hmm, let me try something. So I, I, I opened up, uh, you know, an account with wherever in a nice neighborhood in Manhattan. And guess what? I got, I got 
then I got all the responses. Is that well? And then I, mean, I got interview yeah. requests, same person, same resume, same everything. It's just a change of the address to a more upscale, but it, it wasn't like a Tony upscale, but it was just a nice, you know, nice Manhattan location. Yeah. And yeah. Is, isn't that wild? And it changed dramatically. Yeah. And then I started getting interviews and, and get job offers. It's fascinating, right? So it, there you have it. You just gave, <laughs> gave the best example. It's and wild. if you strip all that out, um, the brain just doesn't allow you yeah. to um, get muddled in things that shouldn't um, that shouldn't uh, influence your decisions, right? At all. And, and for machine learning, now I'm not. What's the difference between you know? Is there a big difference between that? How how is that? I don't. Under, I'm not sure if I understand it. Over. I'm not sure I quite understand it either, Jack. Well, you know, right. <laughs> so I'm not the only one. Okay. But I can, I can um, think of um, AI and machine learning as, the, as kind of the brain mm -hmm. um, behind, behind the platform. So it kind of helps organizations not only um, build automations, but it also identifies um, it identifies what should be automated. So um, machine learning is really involved in recognizing that kind of pattern and whether, whether um, a task can be automated, whether something is right for, um, for RPA, but I would really have an engineer or someone that's better at this mm -hmm. explain machine learning to you. Yeah, for people who are interested, because what I'm, I'm seeing so much now, I'm, I'm you probably see this every day too, is that with the pandemic, people have really reassessed their lives and their work. Mm -hmm. And some have just quit, you know, 4 million Americans months in a row would just say, I'm out of here. Um, a lot of people are just saying, hey, I don't want to do what I've been doing for the next 10 years. So if somebody wanted to pivot and get into, you know, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, you know, machine learning, is that possible? Or do you have to go back to school? Or can you just take maybe some sort of online boot camp? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. We have a, a number of academic alliances with over a thousand institutions. So there is a way to 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 go to back to school. And then I'm, I'm not talking necessarily traditional university, mm -hmm. right? There are definitely things like boot camps or um, you know, more geared for the working adult or the adult that's not going to go back to school. Um, and we also um, uh, offer a number of what we call um, citizen developer opportunities, right? And there's also some self-guided um, learning that can be done. If you just go to uipath.com, you'll find it very easily. Um, so there are a number of ways that people can um, learn about automation, apply automation, practice automation, and it doesn't cost a thing, right? So I'm happy, happy to share with you at the end of this podcast, how a person can do that. That's great because it makes it easier, but also for a career, it does feel, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it just seems like almost overnight, everything, I don't want, it's overused to say accelerate, but it's really, it, it accelerated. And now everything is online, everything is digital. Um, every, er, kind of almost every company now is like a tech company. And it feels that if you don't have 
the skills, you could kind of get left behind. Is that is that what you see too? Because you're in this heart of this. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think there is a a, a great um, kind of fear and excitement about all of this stuff, right? Oh God, this is going to take away jobs or oh, this is going to create more jobs than we've ever had, right? And I think it's a, um, it's it's realistic and it's happened throughout the history of, of um, the Industrial Revolution that there has to be a path for people to reskill. Um, at some point, um, <clears throat> at some point, absolutely RPA is, is um, creating many, many, many jobs. And at some point it will also reduce repetitive tasks that are currently someone's entire job. So I think it's, it's, it's our responsibility as a society, as a company, as, as employers to really lean in on this reskilling in a way that, um, that helps with that reskilling of, of people. Repetitive tasks will never ever go away. They just won't. Um, and not everything is going to get automated, but I think a large chunk of what we do today is ripe for automation. And um, we, we do have that responsibility to help people make that transition. Um, and there is, there is quite a bit of evidence that RP actually does uh, create a lot of jobs, but we can't just look at it in such a simple term. We have a responsibility to help the transition. So I'm, I'm fortunate in the sense that uh, because of writing for Forbes, I get to speak to so, all sorts of interesting people like yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't tell you how many tech folks I've spoken to. And I, I'm kind of new to kind of learning all about this tech space, but I would say at least I'm speaking to like one executive or chief people officer or CEO and the amount of new innovative companies that are that that are developing is mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. It's really wild. If you go on LinkedIn and you just look at the different jobs, just two, three years ago, you would just see the, you know, the names we've always seen. Now you go through and you're like, wait, who's this company? And then you think it's a small little ABC widget company, and then you click to see, oh, 500 employees, oh, 800 employees, oh, a thousand employees. You're like, I've never heard of this place. And I think with technology now, it makes it easier for all these companies to just, you know, start up and take a chance and do something, which then creates jobs. And not only they create jobs, there's not enough people for the jobs now. That's right. right? That's right. It, it's, it's fascinating. And I know you mentioned the great resignation. I think when we talked um, a while back, I keep thinking about it as the great migration. I think people, you're right, they're leaving um, they're leaving a situation that for whatever reason, right? And I think the pandemic and a number of uh, factors have influenced a sense of burnout, a, uh, you know, a, a need for change, uh, many, many things, but they're leaving. I, I think they're not leaving without a destination. Most people are finding something new to go to. So I keep calling it the great migration. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. There are so many opportunities out there. And the more that we, we kind of lean in and, and, and the world is um, in, in using technology and using it 
in many, 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 many different ways. Um, it's just going to keep growing. And we need people um, to be in the space. I also think, again, we have a responsibility as a society to help more people play in this space. It, it, give you some, some examples. It's um, yesterday, I just had on the podcast this guy, Larry Gadea, who, interestingly enough, because you said Romania, he, he was born in communist Romania, mm. and his parents had to smuggle him out hidden because they didn't want people leaving. And if this is crazy. If you would leave, you have to, they said, you need to leave one child behind to make sure you come back. So they had to hide him in the car to come over. He ended up coming to Canada, to Germany, to Canada, to the US, started a you know, smart fellow, you know, wrote an app. Now he has like 500, 300 employees. Mm -hmm. So he's created all these jobs by building this app platform to make it safe to come back to the office. And that story is echoed by, I hear so many times. And one of the, and not to go on a tangent, but one of the frustrating things, Bettina, you know, you watch cable news and all people do is argue and fight with each other. Online, everybody fights with each other. In real life, people fight with each other. Like, wait, why are we talking about, there's this just ginormous boom in entrepreneurialism and all these new apps and platforms and innovative companies that are, that are hiring people and, and, and they're, and they're, they're well-paying jobs. And so we don't focus enough about this. So this is what like, so I'm interested in companies like yours that are doing things to help, you know, make life easier to empower people to have them get rid of the annoying tasks to focus on better tasks so they can kind of get their career. Cause like, if you're bogged down, like this morning, I was talking with what I was doing with Jack, you're bogged down with this stuff mm -hmm. that takes you away from doing more meaningful work. Mm -hmm. It also stresses you out because you're like, oh, I don't wanna be doing this. I wanna be doing the cool stuff. Absolutely. And um, may I digress a little bit yeah. and again, uh, shamelessly talk a little <laughs> bit about UiPath. Um, so I think I mentioned early on, right, we were founded um, in Romania and um, uh, by a small group of people and, and the, 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 the chief founder, if you will, who is our CEO today, um, Daniel Dinas, also grew up in uh, communist Romania, um, wanted to build a company um, that was, that brought joy to people, right? That, that inspired joy as they work. And, um, <clears throat> and he continues to think about what we do um, to create a place that actually, to create a work environment that actually allows more joy than frustration. Yeah kind of to your point earlier, yeah. right? And I think I think when people have more discretionary time, I think when people aren't bogged down with the mundane or the frustrating things, um, we can allow for more joy to come into the workplace. I know it sounds all kind of frothy and, and rosy colored glasses, but I think most of what frustrates us um, as, as humans at work is just, it's time constraint, pressure, right? Need to do more with less. And um, I think this, I think if RPA is used in a smart way, I think it can really help with um, how people feel and operate at work. And frankly, in their own life as well, this can be applied to your private processes, if you will. So I think it's a real interesting opportunity. And 
if we had this conversation three years ago, I, I, I admit it, I would be in the camp, knee-jerk reaction. I don't believe, I don't trust this. They're saying it's not going to take jobs. I think it will. I, I admit it. I, now that time goes on, I, now I'm like, oh, I get it. I understand. And I think a lot of times people just don't understand it. They hear something new. Like for instance, you say the metaverse and you'll have some people, metaverse, I don't want to go to metaverse. That's nuts. And others like, huh, let me look at it. When cryptocurrency started, like, you know, Bitcoin, what? That's crazy. I don't want, now it's like, huh, should I buy it? How much should I buy of it? So it seems that it does take a while for people to kind of look at these new technologies, whether it's cryptocurrencies, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's, you know, what have you. And some people are quick adopters and go, I get it. I'm in. Others are like, hmm, and it takes a while. So I think this is, this is the flow we're in. Yeah, I think we're at a real kind of inflection point mm -hmm. in all of this. And look, <laughs> you you talked about your gray beard. I've got my yeah. little gray <laughs> coming here. Um, I do think that, look, we're such creatures of habit and, and such a tough thing for humans to do is change. Um, but there's, there's a moment, inflection point, a tipping point, if you will, when, when the masses kind of go there. I think we're really at that inflection point. And I'll give you an example. As we look to the future and when ML and AI mm -hmm. become more embedded in our platform, um, Daniel, our founder, um, it's really- I hope he's not mad at me for giving that story. Now I feel no, bad. No, not at all. <laughs> He's a, he's, a, he's a proud Romanian. Yeah. Um, well, is it still kind uh, yeah. of like, what is it now? Like, how is it over there? I don't even know. I'm embarrassed to say. It's a, it's a, oh, it's such a vibrant country. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, there are quite a few technology companies that are now being founded there. UiPath is a, is a bit of a celebrity company because I think we were the first Romanian company that went public in, in the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and a number of other companies are there and it's bringing a real um, you know, opportunity for um, a very well-educated population to stay at home and work rather than leave. So it's fascinating, but also obviously um, uh, you know, really close to Ukraine and, and things are a bit complicated at the moment. So we're, we're trying our best to make sure everybody feels, uh, feels safe and looked after. Yeah, how is it there? I mean, do you, as a company, do you try to say, hey, we'll bring in, you know, Ukrainian refugees? And also, I didn't know this until recently, just to take a step back, where another kind of thing which changed people's minds is remote work. So that, you know, pre, mm -hmm. you know, pre-pandemic, that was, I don't want to say fringe, but it just wasn't as common as it is now, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but because it's so hard to find talent, mm -hmm. these companies, like for instance, I reported on Angelus Talent, um, these places called dealandremote.com, which they do all like the compliance, the, the back office stuff, the taxes, paperwork to facilitate companies to have their remote workers work everywhere in the world. And what I didn't know is that this was so big and so vast and Eastern Europe, whether Romania, Poland, Ukraine, that there's a, just a super large tech community there. Yeah. That STEM is really big and then very, you know, and, and a lot of them know English. So that they're, they're recruiting, you know, in Romania, in Ukraine, in Poland, in all those places to work at Silicon Valley, which is another thing, if you think about it, because of the technology that you could make it work. 
now well, you don't have to pick up your whole family and leave. You could say, oh, I'm going to stay where I am. Um, give you another thing too. In the Middle East, in Africa, mm-hmm. in Latin America, and some of these companies, what they'll do is they offer to pay you in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. So now you have tech people in these places, in these hubs that get paid in cryptocurrencies. They're getting paid well, and they don't have to pick up and leave, and they could be with their family and friends. What's right. right? How much of a change is that? It's amazing. Yesterday, I was um, in a Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, <clears throat> and and two of our colleagues, I noticed two of our colleagues that um, are based in Ukraine were on the call. Um, so a number of, it just kind of to go back to the yeah. original conversation, yeah. a number of um, our people um, in Ukraine um, opted to leave and, and we made that possible. And it was just so proud of, of yeah. UiPath and how quickly um, that happened. There were also some some of our people that wanted to stay, um, uh, and they're continuing to dial in. It's just fascinating, right? And obviously, um, how and when and how much work can be done is right now a little bit up in the air. But they feel incredibly empowered to to do whatever they need to do in this moment. And yesterday, they were on a call doing work. And so it's just, it's mind boggling to me how diverse, um, how diverse our, our, our talent pool is or our people pool is. Um, and it's, it is enabled by technology. You just can't get around it. it it's technology that made that happen. That thing that scared all of us and that, that continues to scare us around job creation or, or uh, job loss continues to actually make it possible for many more people to work uh, in ways that we couldn't, I couldn't have imagined this 20 years ago. Jack. I, it, I, I would have well, been, even four years ago, right? Even yeah. three, years, three years ago, right? Yes. I mean, if three years ago, if I said, if you said, hey, we, you know, I'm working for a company in Romania and we have, and, and there's remote workers here and they're getting paid in cryptocurrencies there, you'd be like, what? What are mm-hmm. you talking about? Come on, it's not a sci fi movie. You're nuts. And here we are. Here we are. It's fascinating. And um, just one little bit. I just we we are now thinking about something even more future thinking, which we coined semantic automation, which where bots are um, going to be able to understand a user's intent, right? And and figure out step by step guidance about how you should introduce automation. So imagine that's when AI and machine learning really kicks in. And semantic automation can actually make some amount of judgment based on the information they see. It sees. Um, it's just it, it's kind of uh, <laughs> blow <laughs> right. my mind a little bit once in a while, right? Yeah. Because when you hear it first, you're like, "Wait, that see old habits are hard to break." Because when you said the first thing is, I'm thinking as you're saying it, "Wait, what if they make a decision is really bad?" because they're just, you know, a bot. And I'm like, wait, all right. So we just had this long conversation about how good things are. You don't have to worry about it. But still, your first inclination is like, huh, is yeah. that going to work? How funny hey, is that? Hey, listen, I, I love the Terminator series. Sorry <laughs> if, if that dates me as well. But yeah, yeah. are robots going to go rogue and yeah. bad? I think yeah. it's always in the back of our minds. Um, I, think, I think robots are 
a reflection of humans. So let's just keep them nice. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'd be interesting. I'd get. I'd guess. And knowing, because my kids are Gen Zs and and their friends are Gen Zs. I think if you would say about the semantics, they would right away go, "Oh, cool, that's great." Whereas I think you know Gen X is boomers were more like that first inclination is this could go rogue, Terminator, no. But they're like, "Oh, cool, yeah, that makes sense, yeah, okay." And just that's right. Such a difference. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think that um, you know, the older I get, the more I just lean in and trust the millennials <laughs> and the Zers and whatnot. <laughs> As we as we wanted to be trusted yeah. years ago, right? So, um, and they do. I saw, I saw a young woman on TikTok the other day that was talking about RPA. It was, <laughs> it was fascinating. Yeah. She she posted a TikTok and said, "Hey, I found this great thing, and I can automate my you know X, Y, and Z." And I just thought, okay, it's another tipping point mm -hmm. moment, right? Yeah. When it's it's becoming. Um, it's really becoming a normal thing. It's becoming something that a university kid on TikTok is talking about. So I, I thought, I thought, here we are. It was pretty <laughs> That's, cool. So like, hey, we're doing cool stuff. We made it you made it to TikTok. We we're talking about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you mentioned about uh, so for people watching, you know, if you want to kind of maybe pivot to this space, there's a lot of boot camps out there. Like uh, for instance. Just the other day, I was writing about uh, this uh, Black and Brilliant and Code Academy, two different entities. With Black and Brilliant, so, uh, this guy, Tony Efflick from Google, he's a Google managing director, and they partnered with Code Academy, which is like you could go online and learn what, whatever you want, like whatever kind of code programming. And But then they offer coaching, they offer mentorship, as well as handholding so that to help you transition into the tech space. Now, with the Black and Brilliant, it's more geared towards underserved groups who may have been left out to help them get in. And by having mentors and coaches who've been there and worked at other major companies to kind of, they call it the cheat sheet, to say, give the inside of like, hey, here's what you have to yeah. do. Here's how you have to interview yeah. and so on. And with Code Academy, that they could really be able to, to kind of really roll up your sleeves and do things. And then also, even like this blew my mind. I didn't know this existed. Like Goodwill, I always thought of Goodwill as clothes and thrifting. But I, I spoke to Steve Preston, the CEO there, and they have a whole program now for, for you know, getting people, even just to get started to know, and, and I'm not being facetious here, to like, how do you get on Facebook? How do you do for people who really have been whole, like really uncomfortable with you know, technology? And then also to kind of start teaching the basics and then gradually learn more and more so that if they're so inclined, that opens up other doors for the future. So there's, those are just a couple, but there's so many out there now. So that if you are interested in pivoting, you don't have to worry about going back to college for four years or getting a, a computer degree. It's, there's a, a, you know, other ways you could really kind of jumpstart it. Yeah, Jack, and I'm, I'm so, I'm, so passionate about the, this particular topic. Yeah. I just took a couple of notes, making yeah. sure that we are connected with both those organizations. Oh, are you? Um, yeah. I want to make sure we are. If not, if not, I'll introduce you to these folks. Yes, it's really cool. Not, I'm going to yeah. bug you after. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the idea that um, I think we talked about it earlier, the traditional path into tech companies is the only way to go. is just so outdated. And I think it's so 
um, doesn't allow for a lot of people to get into this. So, I mean, I love it. I love the notion of, of goodwill training people and, um, and, and I want to make sure we're connected with them yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, we think that RPA, we have a number of partnerships, I think I mentioned with you earlier, and far beyond traditional universities. I think we need to get into high schools and earlier education yes. so that we don't, so that we start those opportunities early on. Um, but absolutely, I, I love that idea and um, would look for introductions from you. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll share, you know what I could do? I could share, you know, the pieces I wrote this way, you'll see them. And then if I have like your emails or what have you, because the cool thing is a lot of, it's very inclusive. So it's, you know, these folks, and I guess they do these things because that's their personality. Hey, I want to help people. And, you know, we have an online course for it. So, so they're very nice people trying to help. And, and they make it very open and, and you, at, at all price points. So it's not like you go there and go, oh my God, I can't afford it. You, there's just so many out there. You could find the right stuff that works. That's right. And if you, um, if anyone goes to our website, just uipath.com, the first thing you're going to see before anything else is try UiPath for free, see how, and then it leads you down a path of how can you learn about this, right? So we actually lead with that because um, I, we just think that this democratizing the ability to do this is, mm -hmm. is really, really important and needs to be shared. So you said about semantics, any other futuristic kind of tech stuff that you folks are working on that would be, even if it's not ready yet, but anything that in the wings that might be like, whoa, this is really super cool. Nothing I can mention yes. without having to sign my life Ooh, away. <laughs> interesting. All right. So that means there's a yes or something cool. All right. So that would be for the next time we talk. This way we can right. you can share. So anything else I didn't ask you that maybe you feel would be helpful for the people watching it here? And then when we kind of you know, edit it and repost on social media that, that you'd like them to be aware of? No, I think... Uh... No, I think uh, we, we covered a lot of topics and I, I thank you for having me again. Honestly, I always enjoy my conversation, my second conversation with you. So uh, hope to be back. I'd love to talk more as the company keeps um, yes. uh, building partnerships out there and, and we come out with more interesting things. So no, I think we're good. Well, this is great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, and, and I'm so glad you had the time to talk because it's one of those things, as we said at the beginning of the conversation, and myself included, where, you know, you, you just get this visceral reaction, artificial intelligence, machine learning, ah, what's this going to mean for jobs? And I think having a level-headed conversation, and this is why I enjoy doing these things, because you can talk this calm conversation instead of everyone screaming, no, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a of jobs. No, it's great. So just to talk it through so the people watch it right. say, huh. Yeah. This is interesting. I want to learn more. Let's let me check it out. And they may decide maybe it's not for me or like, hey, maybe getting some sort of Robbie the Robot or Athena or aren't you glad you that might make my life easier. So kind of bringing it to the attention of people. So I think this is really great. And I'm yeah. glad you're able to share and, and just break it down so that, you know, I understand it and everyone else understands it and, and opens the door. And then maybe be cool. We hear get some messages saying, "Hey, so we kind of went to a boot camp and we graduated. And now look what the cool stuff I'm doing." And then we hear oh, from people like that. That'd be awesome. I I, I agree with you. That that would Excellent. be the best outcome. And hopefully, uh, some of your listeners are yeah. kind of interested and yeah. think, "Huh, I should know a little bit more about this." 
Yeah, yeah. And if they want to reach you, I know you mentioned, but just again, so people try to find you in the company, what's the best way? Uh, the company is uipath.com and I'm at bettina.koblick at uipath.com. Very, very easy. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. for It's great speaking to you again. Thank you for sharing. And then we'll catch up when you have that super secret new futuristic thing. And that'll be the next one. Okay. Sounds good. Thank Excellent. you so much. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.